Well, good afternoon. It is Tuesday, July 10th here on the AHL Report, and you are joining us for another episode of From the Press Box right here on the AHL Report. I'm your host here every single week, Amy Johnson, your lead correspondent at the site. And of course, I'm joined every week by my fantastic co-host, our founder and editor-in-chief, Mr. Rick Stevens. How are you today on this beautiful July? Well, it's beautiful here. Uh, the heat, it's, heat wave has finally broken. <laughs> yeah, it's lovely here too, and and uh, doing well. Glad to be here. Early July, still lots of hockey news um, at every level of hockey, actually, and um, and I'm sure we have lots to talk about. Of course, um, seems that we I got some feedback uh, when we recorded last week. Um, the the, the people I know you don't like it, but the, the 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 public is still demanding to know the national day. And uh, really excited by the yeah the National Fried Chicken Day last week. Really, and it's funny when I saw today's National Day, I was going to send you off a quick uh, text, but I thought no, I better do that after after the podcast. Uh huh. Because if I had told you it was National Pina Colada Day earlier in the day, um, the podcast might have gone quite differently. I feel personally attacked and neglected here. This should be a pina colada fueled episode <laughs> from the press box. No, that's a bad idea. That's a very, very bad idea. I get along with coconut rum quite well. So. <laughs> and and who, who I, don't, I don't know if this how they planned this, but today is National Pina Colada Day. Tomorrow. Yeah. Prepare yourself. National uh-huh. Mojito Day. Oh, man. Hi, I'm Amy, and I will be in a drunken haze for the rest of the week. Thanks so much for joining us. Saturday, Grand Marnier Day. So, you know, it's just quite a week. Quite a week. Okay, well, these are the kinds of national days that you can give me every week. <laughs> this is more like it. I, You know, none of this, like use a pencil at work day today. Like, no, I want to know about pina colada day and, um, mojito day and, uh, um, Frank's and beans on Friday. Well, <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of different. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to come up with my own day for Friday. Um, it's actually, uh, Frank's and beans day and national French Friday on Friday. Well, I'll t- okay, National French Friday, that's fine. You know, my my health and fitness schedule is not liking these days. They're like, uh, you know, well, my body's like, great, incoming influx of sugar and empty calories coming. But it's okay. It's okay. I like it. National Jello Day on, on Thursday, so you can ease off the, Jello? the calories there. Yeah. Jello shots? Or just Jello. <laughs> well, as you wish, I guess. <laughs> I mean, if we're sensing a theme for the week, let's just run with it. Come on now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. Well, no, th- we're we're just coming. I've got a trusty glass of water next to me, and that is all the fuel that I need for today's episode. I'm gonna need a lot of it because. Oh, there's some things to get into today. Let's start. Well, we have some coaching news to talk about. And it's funny, we, you know, we, we had a, it's kind of a short week for, for the podcast because we just uh, recorded and, and published our last one on Thursday of last week because of all of the, the holiday days that were happening last week. And we had even said on our Thursday podcast last week, um, you know, we're waiting on some coaching announcements that could be coming soon. And sure enough, uh, the next day, in fact, um, we had some news for Laval that we're going to get into that who nearly could not be more polarizing if they tried. Uh, and then Montreal turned around uh, yesterday and made a coaching announcement, which again, People are kind of opposite ends of the spectrum on where they fall on on whether they like or dislike that. So we're going to talk about those a little bit. 
get into the good, the bad, and the ugly as far as as far as those things are concerned. Um, then we're just going to touch on. There's been a couple of um, you know interesting free agency signings for the AHL um, coming through. Um, not much on the on the NHL front as far as the Canadians are, are concerned. There, uh, there's a team in the AHL that's getting a new logo, an updated logo this year. We're going to talk about who that might be. There's also been some some other personnel changes in the, in the AHL that we're going to touch on, and some scheduling information. So, as we say, there's no off season. We've got a lot to talk about. Um, so I guess Rick, let's start with let's start with Laval. Uh, we've we've had now for some time uh, after after learning at the at um, a, about a week or so after the end of the season was over that Sylvain Lafave, Nick Carrier, and Donald Dufresne would not be returning um, to Laval, which we can now uh, we can we can now confirm that uh, the only coach that is remaining uh, is goaltending and video coach Marco Marciano. He is still with the organization. Um, and so since then, we've seen Joel Bouchard come in, Daniel Jacobs come in. Um, but we're still waiting on that second second assistant coach. And Friday morning, Twitter was all a flutter because um, Alexander Burroughs announced his retirement as a hockey player um you know he's played my goodness he's played a little bit played for the canucks he's played for the senators he's played in the ahl tons of games as well um so everyone of course you know has their opinions about alexander burroughs retiring of course many of which were making the jokes of you know who did he hit on the way out? Who, you know, that kind of thing. Um, known for, known for being a bit of a, an agitator and and some pretty notable suspensions as recently as this past February, uh, which we'll get into in a little bit. And 20 minutes later, then, poof! Oh wait, but Alex Burrows is the new assistant coach in Laval, and everyone went, what? <laughs> At least I went. What? Are are you kidding me? Apparently there is there are fans that are jumping up and down and rejoicing that this is oh, bravo. Um, I'm a little more confused than that. Again, eternal uh, cynic <laughs> here, and not necessarily a pessimist, but just always kind of. I guess my cynicism gets the best of me sometimes. I just let's let's break this down, Rick. Where where do we even start here? Um, this is this is a guy that has not just no AHL coaching experience. He has not coached. He literally, 20 minutes before the announcement, just retired from being a player. Um, and I'm not knocking guys that have no coaching experience, but is this really the right choice behind the bench in Laval? I think that when Joe Bouchard was, was brought on that there was some uh, discussion about, um, yes, he's had success at the junior level, but, um, you know, coaching, um, at the professional level is different. Uh, how you motivate a player is different. Um, how you communicate and get through to a play is different. Um, and particularly in the AHL, coaching is different because your primary focus is not what it was in junior. In junior, it was, it was winning. At the NHL level, it's winning. At the AHL level, it's development, or at least that's what it should be. Um, so, uh, you know, there was, there was uh, and, and it's not always easy for someone to understand that coming into a, uh, the AHL, even if they've had all kinds of, of playing experience. Um, and we saw that with uh, Sylvain Lefebvre and uh, Stéphane Lebeau was originally on the, uh, the coaching staff and, and Stéphane Lebeau just couldn't buy into the concept of development. He didn't get it. He didn't, he, you know, it was completely foreign to him. Mm-hmm. Um, 
and and so we 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 know that that's that's not i mean that doesn't naturally descend from somebody who's had some playing experience even someone who's had some playing experience like alex burrows and it's being touted that that his journey uh has been um you know one to to revere that he, an undrafted player, went from the ECHL to the AHL and then into the NHL, um, and it's an it's a it's just a heartwarming story. It's it simply is. So bring Alex Burroughs in um, during training camp and set him up in an off ice afternoon session with with your prospects and let him tell his 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 so very touching story. But is that enough? Is that enough for him to be a coach charged with the responsibility of develop, uh, developing the future of your organization? Um, now, there's others who say, um, well, yes, but he's, he's, you know, he's from Montreal, from Montreal suburb. Um, there's others who say, oh, yes, but he's played in the queue. Well, I don't. I, I, I'm yet to to, to to hear what qualifies him. Um, and so, when you push back a little bit, you push back just a little bit. It's where's the qualifications? And the 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 most compelling answer I got from any of the fans and others who are excited about this is, well, he's he's got to start somewhere. Um, okay, but with <laughs> with the Montreal Canadiens, you know, can he go and start somewhere in else in junior or coaching the ECHL or coaching a, you know, a junior A team or could, you know, we have um, Eric Nielsen, um, mm-hmm. nice guy and another real compelling story, but he, you know, he wasn't immediately added as, as uh, assistant coach, coaching professional hockey. He's, He's in coaching, but he's in Monk, he's in New Brunswick somewhere, I think. I think um, so, yeah. He's he's paying his dues. Um, so I, and yes, there was all kinds of really nice things that the Sedines said about playing with Alex Burroughs. But when you put in that situation, and when you're retiring you from hockey, say? and when you're you're gonna say, I mean, Max Pacioretty said that David Darnay was the best center he had played with in the AHL. And people ran with that. Um, yeah. You know, um, I, I just, we were worried that there was no professional um, experience um, with, with Jacob and with, with uh, Bouchard. Um, and so they went out and went completely the other direction and got somebody with, no experience whatsoever. Um, right. And, you know, uh, Marco Marciano is a terrific guy um, and and a good coach, a good goaltending coach, a good video coach, but he's not the one behind, he's not uh, behind the bench. And, and I, I think that that's, that's going to be where they, they, they miss somebody. Um with that kind of experience this year. And I'm sure Burroughs can get people revved up and, and, uh, you know, can communicate well. And, you know, all of that, all, and I'm going to shut up in a minute, but all of that <laughs> is about not having, not having any qualifications. And that would be, that would be a concern for me if he arrived with, with zero baggage, but he's got a ton of baggage uh, and his his uh, supplementary discipline, uh, the kinds of things that that he's uh, he was reprimanded for were not. I mean, targeting the head, uh, kneeing, and that that knee, as you said, that kneeing um, uh, suspension, ten games against Taylor Hall was just in February of this year. It's not like it was, you know, a, a dozen years ago hitting from behind, biting, biting Patrice Bergeron's finger. Um, Burroughs being also on the other side, one of the most prolific divers in, in all of hockey. Um, you know, it, it, there are people who very credibly say 
Alex Burroughs has no respect for the game of hockey or its players. Um, and, and yes, he had a little hockey school, um, Maxim Lapierre and, and, but uh, no experience, uh, a, 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 a checkered history. And this is at the same time that you're preaching attitude is everything. Character is everything. Yeah. Um, that's, that's, it just doesn't mesh with, with what you're trying to, to sell to your fans who, who went through a very difficult season at the AHL level and the NHL level. And, and as you say, you know, it's, it's one thing if this was the reputation that he used to have as a player and he's been removed from playing for five, 10 years, something like that. And isn't that kind of, uh, you know, isn't that kind of person anymore. Isn't going to be that kind of coach, but he literally just retired last week. The 10 game suspension because of his actions against Taylor Hall was six months ago um, for, you know, taking him down and then repeatedly kneeing him in the back of the head while he was down on the ice. It, he may not have been super popular with all the fans in Montreal, but Alexei Amelin was the victim of one of Alex Burroughs illegal checks to the head, which got him a three game suspension. Just, I don't know four years ago, something like that. I think it was 2014, maybe it was 2011. I don't quite remember the date, but, but one of Burroughs' suspensions was due to an, Alexi, an illegal check to Alexi Amelin while he was playing for Montreal. Um, so, yes, that, that for me was the big red flag was Mark Bergevin is, is really repeating over and over again the word character and the word attitude um, and I just hope, you know, I have, I do have confidence that since he's, he's young and he's coming off, literally coming off the ice from the game and behind the bench that yes, he'll be relatable with players. Players will likely be able to talk to him easily. And so, um, you know, that kind of rapport may be helpful in some situations, I, I get that. Um, I just, I, I really, there was, there was a large stable of coaching talent that was available this off season. And I'm just a, a little bit discouraged, maybe a little, maybe more than a little bit discouraged that at least one of the Canadians hires weren't someone who was a veteran AHL coach with a proven track record to kind of come in and commingle with, you know, the Joel Bouchards and the Daniel Jacobs and, and, and really create a, a, a good solid environment with, with experience from different areas. Um, you know, I suppose, I suppose I, you know, I believe me, my, my rant on Friday was, <laughs> was much bigger than, than it is now. I'm kind of hedging my bet here. I'm, I'm, I am hopeful that development improves at the AHL level. And I'm hoping that it improves under these three coaches behind the bench. I'm kind of in a wait and see mode. I don't love the hiring. I don't love, you know, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not sold on it. As you say, you know, you were trying to get fans to tell you, you know, what are his qualifications? And that's literally what this boils down to, you know, it's aside from, from the reputation as far as his suspensions and go aside, I've got nothing against Alex Burroughs, but what are your qualifications as a coach? It's, it's what anybody that's, that's hired for a new job position should be able to answer. What is this person's qualifications as an assistant coach? Um, you know, you mentioned, yes, he has he has a nice story. He has a good story to tell about his his progression through his playing career. Um, you know, Charlie Lindgren is another undrafted guy that, that you know we talk about his the way he found success as well. So I have respect for guys who go undrafted and and work their way through. And but as you mentioned, you know that's something you could bring him in during training camp or or you know. Francis Bouillon comes in as kind of a player development guy and, and, and gives advice and guidance and helps to develop players 
in ways that he can relate and, and help them. And let me bring up one other name because it's, it's not even so much, okay, yes, there are occasions where players retire and they immediately go into coaching. And sometimes that happens right away at the professional level. It's not unheard of. It's, it's less likely, but it's not heard of. But let me throw a name out there that Montreal Canadiens fans should be familiar with. And AHL hockey fans should also be familiar with. And that's Tom Kostopoulos. Tom Kostopoulos has played for Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins. I, I don't even know how long. He's 39 years old now. He just retired at the end of this past season. He finally hung it up. Um, Tom Kostopoulos is well-respected within the Penguins organization. Um, guys that have gone on to play for the Penguins at the NHL level have talked extensively, uh, you know, Jake Gensel, there's, there's guys that always talk about how Tom Kostopoulos was kind of the glue that held them together at the AHL level. And now that he has retired officially, it's been announced that the, that he has joined the Pengu- the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins staff as a coach, but as a player development coach. And, Keep in mind, Tom Kostopoulos and Alex Burroughs are two completely different kinds of players. They're at opposite ends of the spectrum as far as, as far as what kind of players they are. And Tom Kostopoulos didn't get an assistant coaching position. He got a player development coaching position. And I love that move. And I would, I would probably be relatively enthusiastic about that kind of hiring with Burroughs as well. Put him on as a player development coach with Frankie Bouillon. Um, but the responsibility of having an assistant coaching position is much, much different. So, you know, I, again, this is, this is an instance where I like a move that a, that a different organization made. I like the move where Kostopoulos is, is going to be very involved with the players as far as development goes, but he's not behind the bench. And he'd probably be the first one to say, I'm not ready to be behind the bench. And I think that, um, you know, mentioning Frankie Bullion, that's, that's a, it's, it's a good point in that there's someone they like that, that they, uh, a guy that they like, a, a guy that they like uh, and feel that has a, a good message and he's recently uh, retired and, and uh, in that, and has, you know, zero experience, but that they can groom and right. um, so you put him in a in a role with Rob Ramage, Rob Ramage, who has a, a ton of experience uh, in that role. And and um, and and he, you know, he grew in that role with uh, Pat- uh, Patrice Brisebois and um, both in the, the uh, development coaches. But now, OK, you've got somebody that you're grooming. You've got somebody with no experience. You've got somebody who's got that message. So you've, you've used up that slot. Um, you know, if you wanted, if you wanted pick Bur- if you wanted Burroughs that badly, pick him instead of Frankie Boo, but um, you've used that now. Uh, you, you can't, you can't have another one uh, just because you like that. They're from the queue, just because you like that. They're a Montreal native. Um, and besides there's, there's a, a difference there with the kinds of player uh, the kinds of baggage, uh, and Tom Kostopoulos is uh, should be well known to to uh, Canadians fans who you know have been following the team for for any length of time. And Tom Kostopoulos is completely different from from Burroughs in that he was a team guy, team guy first, beloved in the locker room, and he stood up. He got um, absolutely beat up on a nightly basis because he would stand up for teammates. Um, and at the time when the Canadians went out and, and to protect some of their smaller forwards, brought in uh, George Laroc, who at that time when he was brought back, d- decided that um, he was going to be, you know, he didn't think that he wanted to, to be that enforcer anymore. He had other things to show. And, and so it was left to Tom Kostopoulos to get in the ring with, with the much bigger, much stronger uh, players and, and defend the honor. And he did it every single night. Um, and, and he's done that with, with all the teams he's been in. He's beloved in the locker room. 
uh, he's had with Wilkes-Barre Scranton kind of an on ice uh, coaching, or at least they've given him um, uh, additional responsibility, uh, leadership responsibility the last couple of years. So they, 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 he knew he wanted to, to continue on afterwards. They knew that they wanted to keep him. And now he's been put into a proper role uh, where they can groom him further um, in a, as a player development coach. Uh, all of those are the, the right way you go about things. Um, you know, it's not just because you're friends with somebody or because uh, they happen to be from a, a certain birthplace that, um, that, to me, that's not good enough. Uh, and, you know, you see the right way that other organizations are going about doing these things. And you certainly wish, wish that overall the Montreal Canadiens um, would learn from their, their mistakes and, um, and, and do things right. Um, I, I'm, you know, maybe they see things we don't and, uh, good for them if they do, but, um, it, it's certainly not apparent, uh, right now. Yeah. And, and, and as we say, you know, we'll, time will certainly tell the, the product that we see and, you know, come this fall, once we see things in action, um, we'll have a better scope on, on how all of this is going to play out, um, for right now, gonna gonna. I think I'm gonna. I think I'm gonna avoid grading this this one until I've seen some things. Um, and I'm certainly in the camp of please prove me wrong, prove me wrong. Um, and and I I'm hoping, you know, I would love nothing more than to to start the season and and see the guys that are on the roster and Laval um, working well together with a seemingly good rapport with their coaches and excited about, about what they're, what kind of environment they're in and the product that they're putting out on the ice together and, and feeling good about things in general. That's, that's my hope. Uh, Whether that happens or not is, is yet to be seen, but, but that's my hope. But, you know, it seems Rick, Oh, go ahead. Well, I, I just, just to ask a, a, a question, um, if 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 Burroughs didn't have the roots that he does, do you think that that the media and, and the fans would be asking questions? Um, you know, if 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 they brought in a whom who am I thinking of? Who? Um, you know, a Flyers. I was, I'm trying to think of a Flyers guy. Zach Ronaldo. Okay, Zach Ronaldo's too. Zach young. Ronaldo. <laughs> um, there's another. Uh, Sean Avery. Uh, well, the, yeah, some somebody like that. You know, um, you bring them Chris in and they <laughs> they say, well, "Wait a minute, <laughs> uh, wh- why? What experience does this guy have? What you know?" Um, it's it's I, I think he I think he's getting a pass because of of uh, uh, his roots and his connections to to Joel Bouchard and, and uh, Mark Bergman and, and and whatnot. Um, we'll leave it at that. We'll leave, we'll leave it at that. Um, and we, you know, we would love to hear your thoughts on this at both ends of the spectrum. You know, I, I, there are some fans that are very excited about this hiring. There are some fans that we've heard from that aren't. Um, so, you know, we would love to hear from you on, on both sides of that spectrum of, of what do you think are the pros and cons of, of all of these coaching hirings for this summer? Um, we're always happy to, to engage in a, in friendly debate and, and, and things like that on social media. So reach out for sure. But Rick, it's there, you know, the, the theme of, well, let's just continue with hirings at the coaching level in the organization that make us all scratch our head uh, continued into yesterday when the Canadians finally announced their um, last remaining assistant coach that needed to, to come on board for uh, JJ Daniels. Um, replacement to to coach the defense at the NHL level, and they they have selected Luke Richardson. 
Danny no, Carcillo was the, guy, was the name I was looking for. Dan Carcillo, okay, yes. <laughs> yeah, so Dan Carcillo is hired, and, and there's no quite, oh, yeah, that's, yes. Yes, yes that what? makes total sense. <laughs> that makes a lot of sense to me. <laughs> anyway, sorry. That's okay. Um, Luke Richardson has, now he's been retired for 10 years. He retired as a player in November of 2008. Um, played in the NHL for, I more than two decades, I, I believe. Um, last season, he was an assistant coach with the New York Islanders. Um, he's worked with Hockey Canada. He's uh, He was the head coach for the Binghamton Senators, which is Ottawa's AHL affiliate, um, from the 2012-13 season until the 15-16 season, which that last season, that 15-16 season that he was the head coach was the first season of the St. John's Icecaps under the Montreal Canadiens affiliation. So certainly saw uh, his product out on the ice quite a bit that season. Um, so he's he's had coaching experience at a number of different levels. Um, but again, not just not sure. I'm just not sure about, about this hiring. Um, there were some names that were being floated as uh, potential possibilities to fill this role that I think a lot of people were uh, kind of excited about. Um, and, and Luke Richardson, Luke Richardson's name wasn't, wasn't one of them. Um, yeah, and one of those names was Mike Kitchen, um, mm-hmm. uh, who had had a long, um, successful uh, partnership um, with uh, Joel. Um, losing names today. Um, in, in Chicago, um, head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks, um, Quenville, Joel Kent Quenville. Thank you. Um, they they had a great partnership together, and it was you know um, I think Stan Bowman uh, thought that the two were getting uh, I don't know if he thought they were getting too comfortable together or or a little bit too much power, and so he to to knock um, Quenville down a peg, uh, he he fired uh, Kitchen out from under him a year ago uh, or so, uh, but K- Kitchen is a very um, smart. Um, well-respected defensive coach and, and, uh, and it makes sense why, you know, the, the Canadians were interested in, in, and hired him. Um, but went a, a different direction and, 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 uh, and hired instead, uh, Luke Richardson. Um, and you know, at least, um, he has a coaching record <laughs> to, yes, he does. Uh, to look at the, the issue for me is that, is that coaching record. Um, and he's, he's being brought in um, specifically as Claude Julian said to, he will be the, the replacement for JJ Daniel. He will handle the, the defenseman and the penalty kill. Um, unfortunately uh, in his experience, both in the NHL and the AHL, Luke Richardson comes from teams that were not very strong defensively at all. Um, and, uh, specifically if we look at, at, um, his AHL experience with the Binghamton senators, um, uh, he was head coach there for four years, uh, for four years. And, um, uh, you know, his first year, uh, when he arrived, he, a very good record, um, ended up being fourth overall in the AHL. Um, and, uh, he had a. If you look at that roster, it's a pretty strong roster. Uh, lots of Ottawa prospects, and you got Mark Stone, uh, Jacob Silverberg, uh, Mike Hoffman, uh, Mika Zabinijad, um, and and they were they were they were uh, very good defensively, um, uh, the fourth uh, best uh, goals against. But you look who was in net, and you had Robin Leonard. Okay. But you also had Ben Bishop, um, who, mm. who was in that then. Um, so unfortunately, that was the only season um, that defensively uh, a Luke Richardson team was was good at all. Uh, the next season, even though they had a decent team um, success-wise, they were 23rd uh, defensively. 
The next season, dead last, 30th defensively. They gave up the most goals in the AHL. Uh, his fourth season, 26th uh, defensively, um, giving up 241 goals. And we, we talked about uh, the Canadians giving up too many goals. We talked about the Laval Rocket giving up too many goals. Right. And it looks like a Luke Richardson-led uh, team is going to give up a lot of goals unless you have, unless you have uh, Ben Bishop in goal. Um, right. And so, so fortunately, uh, there's Carey Price. Fortunately, they have Carey Price. And- <laughs> That's right. Uh, but without Shea Weber, um, I, I, I don't know what, what to expect defensively. Uh, and, and given that he was brought in with that specific mandate and with that hole pl- to plug to make uh, the Montreal Canadiens a better defensive uh, team, his track record in that respect um, is is – is is not that hopeful. Yeah, I again you've got um you know, we talked a bit already this earlier this summer when, you know, everyone thought that Dominic Ducharme was gonna be the head coach in Laval and the pros and cons of that and ended up jumping over the AHL completely and going straight to the NHL as, as an assistant coach. And so now you've brought in Luke Richardson, um, who, as you say, at least has coaching experience. It's just not the record that you'd hope to see. Um, as you say, thankfully, Carey Price is there um, and and will be a healthy Carey Price. Uh, but But we know you're missing your number one defenseman for the first half of the season again. Um, and and how the defense is going to shake out is still very up in the air. You've got a lot of young guys who are going to be competing for those roster spots. You know, you've got Meta, you've got Julson, Xavier Ouellette, you know, as we've talked about, insists that he is not going to play for Joel Bouchard and Laval. Um, and so you've got young defensive players uh, that are going to be playing under a new defensive coach, and, and how will all of that translate as far as making sure that they are transitioning to the NHL properly and, and, and getting good guidance. Um, again, I just, I kind of scratched my head on this one going, okay, this is another hire that to me is out of left field. I don't really quite understand it, but there it is. <laughs> um, you know, I have to it, it seems, Rick, that the theme this summer has just been for a lot of fans that we have seen venting and responding to things on, on social media and whatnot is just what in the world are the Canadians doing? Um, but oddly, there seems to be this this little section that of people that are, you know, there's plenty of hype around all of the coaching hires at the NHL and AHL level. But at the other end of the spectrum with the players, uh, a lot of a lot more of those head scratching moments. Um, you know, it's there are things with Max Pacioretty are still up in the air. Rumors are coming out now on social media that that he's being told that that they're not bringing him back. Um, you know, it's just for for a summer that everyone was so hopeful after such a horrible season at the NHL and AHL level, knowing that they were picking high in the draft, knowing that they had tons of draft picks um, to really stock the cupboards and, and okay, the assistant coaches were going to be gone in Montreal. Um, There was, there was a lot of, I think, hope at the beginning of the summer. And with every move that's been made since then, it's just kind of been one thing after another of, what's happening. Um, so I'm hoping at some point we, <laughs> we get some news that everyone can just unanimously be excited about. I don't know what that news is going to be, but I'm, I'm hoping that somewhere, somehow along the way, there's going to come down a, a decision that fans across the board just say, okay, that's what we wanted to see. I just don't know how soon that's going to be. Yeah, at at the uh, year end um, end of season uh, 
press conference with Molson and uh, Bergeron, uh, um, Bergevin. There was there were some themes that that came out of that, and they were pretty forcefully laid down. Um, the fan experience was going to change. They were the, as an organization, they were going to be um, the most uh, transparent organization in in sport. Um, with the Shea Weber, um, you know, the the fudging of that, uh, his surgery, and and we, we've seen that that's not true. Um, Molson said there was going to be changes now, major changes on ice. You're going to see them now. Um, you know, he did a, a, a we we haven't seen any real. Uh, major changes to the, the, the lineup, Galchenyuk, Outdomi, and uh, Armia, um, Pekka, uh, but an, 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 not a major change. And, and uh, uh, you know, he, he was interviewed yesterday and said, did I say now? Did, really, did I? Yeah, well, yeah, actually you did. Um, <laughs> and and there, the big talk about character. Uh, and then you're bringing in somebody that's, my goodness, um, character is not his middle name uh, to to <laughs> on the coaching staff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I think that's that's where fans are getting uh, pretty dismayed. There's going to be the the those out there who are the apologists and and are going to like everything that happens. And you know they're they're pointing to oh look at all the you know he's fixed the center position. Uh, he's got he got nine centers in the draft. Um, I, I, I think there, you're, there you're ta- taking the leap that, that all of those are going to pan out that, that, um, you know, and, and, and again, those are a couple of years off had, had Bergevin come in six years ago with this approach and said, I'm going to trust Trevor Timmons. I'm going to, uh, build from the, well, he did say build from the draft, but, but actually do it, <laughs> actually follow through. Right. And there's going to be some pain for a while, but but bear with me here. This is what we're going to do. Well, he didn't do that, and no. so there's been six years of of uh, of making the team um, progressively worse. Uh, and then he's decided, okay, well, all right, we're going to completely change, and and now we're you know experience another two or three years of, of tough times, and but but after that, boy, it's going to get good. Uh, and I think people are saying, you know, <laughs> if we're starting all over again, if we're starting from scratch, why are we starting with you? Why, why are we yeah. Yeah. someone who has been been a, 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 an unmitigated disaster, a proven failure for six years? Why are we 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 starting all over again from scratch with you? I'm circus is the word that seems to pop up a lot in the last few weeks. And I think it's going to continue to be a circus, uh, especially as, you know, validation or not comes, comes out about whatever's going on with Pacioretty. Um, And it's, I I don't see the, I don't see the big top coming down anytime soon uh, in Montreal. It's, always something every week uh, and I would imagine that by the time we get around to our podcast next week there's going to be something else that's uh, hit the, the media wire uh, and we'll be sure to bring everybody up to speed on it um, but again we want to hear from you what do you like what do you don't like um, what do you not like that's more no double negatives Amy um, <laughs> be sure to hit us up uh, you can find Rick on Twitter at allhabs you can find me on Twitter at Flyers Rule. And, of course, uh, you can hit us up at the AHL Report um, and just, you know, talk about how you're feeling about this summer. Um, it's been a lot of ups and downs and roller coaster rides, and there's plenty more to come. So let's hear what you think about it. Moving along to some free agency signings, just a couple of updates in the AHL. Uh, we had talked uh, extensively about how one of the guys that we thought really deserved to come back to Laval um, this season and would be a solid, you know, certainly a solid candidate to wear to wear a letter on his jersey was Jeremy Gregoire. Um, he has in fact signed elsewhere for the 2018-19 season. He's signed a one-year AHL contract with the Milwaukee Admirals. Um, 
So he will no longer, it seems like all the guys that are leaving uh, Lavala Montreal so far are all, with the exception of Adam Cracknell going to Toronto, I think everybody's in the West, in the Western Conference now. Uh, Fukali's out there, Chris Terry, Dan Carr, Jeremy Gregoire. Um, so we're not going to be seeing their faces on the ice uh, anytime soon out in the Western Conference, but congratulations to Jeremy Gregoire on finding a new home out there in Milwaukee. Um, familiar name as well. Another uh, Bridgeport signed uh, a bunch of contracts this week. Um, and interestingly enough, Chris Bork uh, will no longer be playing with Hershey. He now joins his brother, Ryan Bork in Bridgeport. So the brothers will be playing uh, together there for the sound tigers as well as uh, they also signed Connor Jones, Ben Holmstrom, and goaltender Jeremy Smith. Um, and um, work was a, work was a staple with Hershey for for quite a while. So it'll be interesting to see him uh, paired up with with a sibling um, and in a new in a new home this season in Bridgeport. Yeah, the uh, Chris Bork signing is interesting with uh, with Bridgeport. Br- Bridgeport's made a couple of signings this this summer that looks like they're, you know, they're, they're trying to change their team. Uh, Matt Laredo, uh, Mike Sislo. Uh, we saw Mike Sislo at the, um, the all-star game, I think. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they've, they've added, certainly added some scoring punch to uh, the, the lineup they had and, and um, look to be filling the holes that, that they identified uh, were a problem last year. So. Um, look for them to be a different kind of team this year. Yeah, I think so. Um, on the good news, happy news kind of side of of, of things, the AHL uh, released a, a number of announcements about awards for the 2017-18 season uh, this past week. Um, among those were their team business awards, uh, which is a, it's. I always appreciate when these kinds of awards come out because there's a lot of people who work uh, in every org- in every hockey organization behind the scenes to keep the business side of a team running, and it's nice that they get recognition as well. So as far as the team business awards, I'm not going to go through all of them, but I will highlight some of them. Um, the winners in overall ticket sale revenue growth for the Western Conference, it was the San Diego Gulls. In the Eastern Conference, it was the Toronto Marlies. Um, and we, we, Rick, we talked many times about how Rico was packed for every game of the playoffs. And Rico mm-hmm. was packed during the regular season as well. Um, there are no shortage of, of Marlies fans for every game. And uh, apparently it, it certainly showed in their numbers as well. Yeah, no, great for them. They and And through the you know, the months where they were um, in the playoffs where, where some hockey fans had, had uh, you know, uh, moved on uh, already. They, they kept their attendance and, in fact, set uh, an attendance record during the, um, during, during the final, I believe. And, um, mm-hmm. no, so great job. Great. And, and, and let's be honest um, and acknowledge the elephant in the room that uh, it's, it's, it's not um, – it's not an arena with all the bells and whistles of some of the newer the Lavelle's no. or the, um, you know, the PPL center or those. Um, so uh, bringing them in to the, to the Rico and, uh, and it is, a, it's, it's still a great place to watch hockey, but, but yes. lacks some of the amenities that, that some of the newer rinks do uh, to fill that on a regular basis. Uh, that's a, that's a job well done. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Springfield Thunderbirds and the Grand Rapids Griffins were the winners for season ticket sales growth. Um, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and Texas Stars earned awards for group ticket sales growth. I'm not surprised by that. As catching as many Phantoms games as I do, they do a great job in group sales. There are constantly tons of groups that are there for every game, so good for them there. Um, some and other helped with in- their outreach as well. Yes. Um, with the, with the mascot, having the best mascot as, in the AHL, uh, as, as was voted on, uh, that helps with that, uh, the community outreach and the group sales as well. For sure. Um, 
also, you know, outside of ticket sales, obviously the media and communications department um, and digital media, social media are vital parts of every hockey organization. Um, the Rochester Americans and Grand Rapids Griffins were honored for digital media excellence. Uh, the Charlotte Checkers and the Iowa Wild, exceptional community relations. And Laval actually, uh, this was a bit unheralded. I didn't actually see this hit the news all that much uh, this week. But Laval was was awarded um, an award for outstanding fan experience at home games. Um, so congratulations to the Laval Rocket and their inaugural season for, for winning that. Uh, the Milwaukee Admirals were their Western counterpart in that category. Um, so hopefully they can continue, you know, and, and despite, despite Laval not having an outstanding season by any shape, way, shape or form and only winning, I believe 10 games at home all season. Uh, the fact that they kept packing plus bell, despite their home record goes, goes towards, obviously the fans were having a good time while they were there. Um, so congratulations to them for that. And with um, Molson saying that he wants to improve the fan experience in the uh, Bell Center, well, he's got a pretty good example just down the road in Laval, having won that award for fan experience. That's right. Uh, the one uh, one of the things that um, one of the categories in this press release that I I always find is fun is the cat is is the paragraph where okay, so we we talked about all those business related things, but there's awards that they give out for for unique aspects to the hockey season for each team. Um, the Grand Rapids Griffins, for example, this year got the, were the winners for unique ticket sales promotion or theme night. And so they won because they had a polar plunge for the special Olympics of West Michigan. And I can only, I cannot fathom how cold a polar plunge in Western Michigan is. <laughs> no, thank you. <laughs> but, but that went to them. Um, the to be Syracuse, eligible to buy the tickets, you have to do a polar. Is that is that the deal? I I don't know. I don't know <laughs> what it was. I'd have to do a little digging and find out. Um, it, yeah, I. It is. Um, the Springfield Thunderbirds were chosen for a unique community relations initiative. They had a donation of uh, special glasses that allowed a blind season ticket holder to watch games. Um, so. Obviously, must have, I, and I do remember this story coming up. They had some fundraising, and and this there was a season ticket holder who was legally blind had these special glasses made for this person that allowed them to better see what was happening on the ice. So, kudos to them for for doing that kind of community outreach. Um, we've talked about in past podcast episodes how absolutely entertaining. Um, Something that the Syracuse Syracuse Crunch, hands down, we say all the time, they have they have great digital media, great social media. Their media relations are top notch, um, just all around. They do a great job. This year in particular, I really enjoyed their locker room karaoke battles, which was a big social media promotion. That was they did it tournament style. The guys on the team seemed to absolutely embrace it and had a seemed to have a blast with it. Um, and as such, the Crunch were uh, awarded unique social media promotion. Um, so it was it's it's nice to see you can you can, of course, go to the AHL's website and, and check out all of um, the winners. That is most of them. Um, but congratulations to all the team who won who won a, teams who won awards. What goes on behind the scenes, ticket sales, um, you know, arena entertainment in-game experience, uh, digital media, community relations, media relations, all of that is vital to a hockey team's success, uh, not just their on-ice product. And so congratulations to all the hardworking folks behind the scenes uh, for their recognitions. You you mentioned about Springfield and their uh, donation of special glasses for their their, uh, visually handicapped um, um, season ticket holder. I've Mm -hmm. said it... we may talk about this on a future episode, but I've just discovered blind hockey and I'm, I'm totally all in and fascinated in it and really and watching. Yeah. Um, 
it, it sounds bizarre and, and, and we won't get into it today, but, but it's, it's really cool. And, um, yeah, it's just a reminder to myself that, that we'll talk about it. I, I don't know in what context, but we'll talk about it in the future. But we'll like talk that. about it. I would like to hear more about that, and I think our fans would probably be interested to hear about that as well. Um, there were also some more winners that were announced. Uh, the AHL named their winners of Excellence Awards for 2017 and 18. Uh, Grand Rapids Griffins seem to be racking up all the awards this year. Their president, Tim Gortzima, was selected as the winner of the James C. Hendy Memorial Award, which is given to the outstanding executive in the AHL for the season. Um, The Toronto Marlies as the team of the year and Mike McKenna of the Texas Stars for Player Excellence were named uh, the winners of the President's Awards. Um, we talked extensively about what a run the last two years Mike McKenna really has had um, getting to the Calder Cup final, two different teams in two consecutive years, and unfortunately not not bringing the cup home. But uh, doesn't mean that the American League has overlooked his efforts and abilities. Um, and so congratulations for to him on, on being awarded the President's Award for Player Excellence. Um, and Frank Murphy, who is a veteran linesman, was the recipient of the Michael Condon Memorial Award for Outstanding Contributions by an on-ice official. So just more awards all across the board. Congratulations to all of those. Uh, we mentioned at the top of the show that there was one team this year that is getting an updated look for their logo, and that is uh, the Western Conference, the San Jose Barracuda, getting a new primary logo this this year. It's a very modern kind of slick looking um, logo w- that has the the letters SJ on it, with as they put it, an aggressive barracuda holding a hockey stick, uh, kind of swims in and around the S and the J, um, and. Uh, a, it's an interesting new look for for San Jose, as as the league mentions in the release. There seems to be a trend. Laval is one of them. Um, there seems to be a trend towards teams using um, the initials of the team's name in their logo these days, and so San Jose just becomes the latest to kind of move into that direction. Um, so be sure to check that out. New logo that means hey, New Jersey's. New merch for sale. Basically, it's the, the uh, it's the same angry barracuda, um, right? And they've they've just replaced what were uh, barracuda fins uh, mm-hmm. with the SJ, just making that right. as you said, making that connection with with the the city that they belong to. I mean, the last kind of bit of news that we'll cover as far as personnel and whatnot. Um, we talk about how the people behind the scenes really are sometimes the driving force behind hockey, hockey teams. And, and surely that also comes behind the microphone as well. Um, And so the Utica Comets actually uh, had parted ways earlier this summer with Andy Zilch, who was their play-by-play broadcaster for the last two years after uh, Brendan Burke left that position. Brendan is now, uh, play-by-play, I believe doing play-by-play with the New York Islanders now uh, and has been calling games, calling some pretty important games. He's been, I believe he did some work with the World Juniors. And, and so he's his career has really taken off since leaving Utica. Andy Zilch was his replacement for two years. Uh, the organization parted ways with Zilch earlier this summer, and they have announced that they have a new broadcaster. And uh, his name is Joe Roberts. He has been the broadcaster for the Kalamazoo Wings, the Utica Comets ECHL affiliate, um, for the last three seasons since 2015. And so they're bringing up a guy that they've been grooming uh, down in the ranks and um, looking forward to meeting him and, and hearing his call this year. Uh, he says in his in his release that he's excited to get the opportunity to get his call up to the AHL and excited that it's within the same organization so that he can now 
start calling games again with guys who he called when they were playing in Kalamazoo and who are now playing in the American League. So um, Joe Roberts is your newest play-by-play guy uh, in the Eastern Conference of the American League. Last but not least, Rick, there's one bit of exciting news. We've all been waiting kind of with bated breath to see, you know, in past years, Unfortunately, the AHL schedule usually wouldn't come out until the end of August. It came out really, really late in the summer. Um, Last year, Dave Andrews was pleased to be able to put that schedule out uh, by the end of June. Um, And they're they're right in there again this year. We've been waiting to see if it's going to come out. It looks like the release is going to be tomorrow for the full schedule. However, they did release home openers for all 31 teams Uh, in the American Hockey League. And so I can tell you that the Lehigh Valley Phantoms have their home opener against the Bridgeport Sound Tigers on October 6th. Uh, And it looks like the Rocket and Belleville will both be starting on the road. Um, Belleville will host the Binghamton Devils on October 17th as their home opener. So it actually looks like they might have almost two weeks on the road. Um, And the Laval Rocket will have their home opener also against Binghamton. Theirs will be the week prior on Friday, October 12th. Um, And so it does mean that the Rocket opens their season on the road. They will be in Providence on Saturday, October 6th for the Bruins home opener. Um, And so my guess is since they're not playing anybody on the Friday night, um, they aren't the home opening opponent for anybody on Friday night, which is the start of the season, the Friday, the fifth. Um, my guess would be that they'll play Providence Saturday night and likely play another one of the new England teams on Sunday afternoon. I would bet. Um, so that looks to be how Laval season is shaping up to, to kick off that first weekend in October. Can you believe it? We're already talking about schedules. Woohoo. And I'll just add one more team. Those that you had mentioned, uh, the three primary teams we keep an eye on at the AHR mm-hmm. report, Bellville Senators, uh, Lehigh Valley Phantoms, and Laval Rocket. We've also covered uh, Toronto Marlies a fair bit. And I'll just mention their home opener, which is Monday, October 8th, versus the Cleveland Monsters um, as the new they welcome the new um, tenant, I guess, the new franchise to, to – uh, uh, that conference and, and, um, and they'll face off with them on in their first game. Um, the Marlins that is at Rico. That's true. And that will be the game of course that um, the Marlies will raise their newly acquired Calder cup championship banner. Um, so it'll be, it will be interesting to see them, and it'll be interesting to see Cleveland playing in the Eastern Conference, um, mm-hmm. which will be which will be pretty spectacular. So, it's kind of exciting. The full schedule comes out tomorrow, so everyone, you know, mark your calendars, get everything lined up. You know, it's just the release of the AHL schedule is just kind of the 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 tip of the iceberg for us here at, at Rocket Sports because our our hockey calendar is filled with AHL games, NHL games, um, w- World Junior events, USA Hockey, Hockey Canada, um, all sorts of <laughs> all sorts of events. So it's uh, we'll certainly be getting the schedules out and ready uh, when everything is released tomorrow. And before you know it, it's going to be training camp time. In fact, I just saw the Toronto Maple Leafs today have already started to make announcements about the dates of their training camps um, and, and things of that nature. So summer is flying by already. <laughs> so let's see. I think that I, I think that covers it for today, Rick. I think <laughs> as we say every week, there's never an off season and there's, there's just so much news flying around the league all summer long. Uh, and it's just, it's great that we have an outlet and a vehicle to bring this, bring these things to hockey fans so that they get their fill of their favorite sport all summer long. Absolutely. And now you're off to, uh, to grab a pina colada. Is that for a national pina colada? Well, may, yeah, maybe, maybe. I'm writing down Dan Carcello though. I'm not going to forget that name again. There we okay. Go. 
Well, we'll right. make sure you don't. We we'll make sure you don't. I, I hope about I don't it. ever have to use it again on on, uh, on the well, show. Yes, but. that's true. That's true. So, as always, be sure to follow us on all of our social media accounts. Hit us up whenever you'd like to chat about hockey. We would be more than happy to do that with you. Be sure to uh, keep it locked on the AHL report for all sorts of news and analysis and insight. Uh, we've got some some fan articles that are up right now regarding people's experiences when they went to the draft with Rocket Sports Media. Um, great, great reads. Um, make sure you check it all out. And we'll keep you posted and your finger on the pulse of everything happening with the Montreal Canadiens and other uh, teams around the NHL and the AHL all summer long. Uh, we will be back here again next Tuesday, so be sure to tune in and join us. Thanks so much for joining us this week. Until then, have a wonderful week, and we'll see you back here next Tuesday.